Good morning, good morning, Rabbi Utai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated for the complete refuah shalema of Chana Bat Simefega and Eliyahu Shimon Memazal Fortune. The week of Kobe was sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your unwavering commitment doing good for the state of Israel and for others around you during these challenging times today and every day. My friends, I want to talk about something uh, which I think is a, a fascinating insight. I want to take a look at the words that Yaakov uses when he speaks to Esav uh, as he approaches Esav and his 400 men. The Pasuk tells us that Yaakov sends him a message and he says, Ko amar avdecha Yaakov. So says your servant Yaakov. We talked about that yesterday. Ko amar avdecha Yaakov im Lavan garti. I lived with Lavan. That's what he says. I lived with Lavan. Now, Rashi, on this Pasuk, says something very interesting. He says, what does it mean, garti? What does it mean with Lavan, did I live? Garti bigematria taryag. It's the same letters, so it's also the same numerical value, as the word taryag. What does taryag mean? 613 mitzvot. So what was he telling him? He says, if with Lavan did I live. Im Lavan arasha garti, I lived with Lavan the wicked. V'taryag mitzvot shamarti. And I kept the 613 mitzvot. V'lo lamaditi. And I did not learn mima'asav haraim from his wicked deeds. Now, on a simple level, this obviously needs to be understood. First of all, why would Yaakov think that this is of any interest whatsoever to Esav? He thinks that Esav is trying to come attack him. He's telling him, he's showing him his mitzvah chart. You know, okay, I said berachot, I did the Kiryat Shema, I have Lashon Hara hours. Why, why does Esav care about that? He's a rasha. He doesn't care about that. So why is he telling Esav what he's done with Lavan? So the first answer to that is obviously, as we saw already yesterday, Esav did care about that. Because remember, Esav cared about the Beracha. He cared about the Beracha to the point that he's crying to his father. Please, father, find another blessing for me. Bless me too. And what does God, what does uh, Yitzchak say to him? He says, as we mentioned already, I blessed him and I blessed him with a blessing that he should be your master. But what does he tell Esav in his Beracha to Esav? He says, Vehaya, and it will be. When he will lower himself, Ufarakta Ulo Me'alecha, and you will take his yoke off of yourself. So Esav doesn't care about the mitzvot with regards to the fact that he's doing them or that impresses him, but he cares about the mitzvot because the prophecy and the blessing of his father was, which he cared very much about, which the whole hatred was about in the first place was the fact that if Yaakov doesn't do what Yaakov is supposed to do, then Esav, you're going to have the runway to be able to become who you are. So that's why Yaakov mentions to Esav, and he says to him, listen Esav, I want you to understand, I know you're thinking that you're coming at me with 400 men. What's your thinking? What's your logic? You know how this is going to turn out, that I'm going to wind up on top. You know why? Because Taryag mitzvot shamarti. I have not become any less Yaakov than I was when I left. Im Lavan garti. You were betting on the fact that all those years with Lavan, I would have become less of myself. I have not. Vilo lamaditi, and I did not learn me ma'asav from his evil ways. Now I want to point out this is something very, very interesting as well. Not just that Esav understands this, but we're learning also something else, and that is 
that Yaakov was disabusing Esav of a very particular notion. And in order to understand that, I want to explain. I'll give you the way of an example. There was a great Sadiq, and his students came to him one day and they said, Rabbi, you know, you're such a, a great Sadiq, you're so well learned, you worked on yourself. Where did you learn? Where, how did you become the person that you became? So he tells him, he says, listen, the person that I am, everything I am, I owe to my neighbor. Wow. The rabbi's neighbor? He's the one that made him into the great rabbi? We got to go see who this guy is. They go to the house. Who do they see? He lives next door to the guy. Not Jewish guy. No kippah. Running around. Eating pork, uh, you know, uh, pork sandwich on his porch. Blasting his tunes. This is the guy that made the rabbi so holy. They go back to the rabbi who said, I don't understand. What did you learn from him? He said, I'll tell you. Many years ago when I was a budding Torah scholar, he says, I was going to the 8 o'clock minyan. Okay? And, uh, and as I'm walking out to the 8 o'clock minyan, I notice that my next door neighbor, his car is not in the driveway. Had that already went to work, he must have left at quarter to 8. And I thought to myself, if this guy is running to go make parnasah, not Jewish guy. He could get up for his avodah, for his work at a quarter to eight. I'm a rabbi. What am I doing sleeping until eight o'clock? I decided I have to get up at 7.30. So what I do, I set my alarm the next day. I'm going to go pray early. I get out of the house at 7.30. Set that 7.30, gets out of the house. He sees the guy's car in the driveway. The next morning, he gets up seven o'clock, goes out at 7.30. The guy's car is gone. What happened? The not Jewish guy came, got out the next day. He sees that the rabbi's car is gone. He thinks to himself, if this guy, this Jewish guy, could get up, if I want to go conquer the world, if I want to go make a dollar, if I want to be the best businessman I could be, if he could get up at 7 o'clock and out by 7.30, I could get out by 7.15. Next thing you know, the rabbi is getting up 6.45. Had that? 6.15. The next guy, 5.45. Until I was getting up at Alot Shahar. Studying in the shul, going to the minyan, learning Gemara afterwards. And he says, and I became a rabbi and a tamich hacham and a, and a person who prays the way I'm supposed to pray, vatikin every morning because of my non-Jewish neighbor. My friends, we know that a person is supposed to learn from everyone that surrounds them. Like the pasuk says, mikol melamedai hiskalti. I became wise from all of my teachers. You could learn a beautiful lesson from every person in this world, from every non-Jewish, from every non-Jewish person in this world, from an animal, as we learned in, from Shalom HaMelech. You could learn wonderful things from the behavioral patterns of animals. You could learn great things from the world itself, from the universe. There's tremendous lessons that a person could learn from everything around them. A person could improve. However, and listen to carefully to this. And that's what this rabbi did. However, Yaakov Avinu was saying to Esav something different. He says, it's not that I looked at my not Jewish, not religious, not spiritual neighbor and said to myself, I got to be better than him. That's not the point. Because that gives you a level of growth, no question. But there's a cutoff point. There's a ceiling to that level of growth. Right now, we're witnessing the worst atrocities in the world that have ever taken place that the world is turning a blind eye to. And that it's Israel. 
And we, on our part, what are we supposed to do? Of course we do whatever we can do in the world of the physical. Sending financial help, da 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 Of course we pray and do all our tefillot for tzahal, etc., etc. And we pray for the shvuyim that they should come home. We're doing all of that. But one of the things we spoke about is the idea that if we see their cruelty, we should match their cruelty with our kindness. We should try, if we see uh, a child ripped away from their parents, we should try and double down in the relationship that we have as parents with our children. If we see them separating husbands and wives, we should double down on the sanctity of marriage and what we would want to give to a spouse that we have that has not been taken away from us. But there's a ceiling to that level of growth. What happens, Bezat Hashem Bikarov Mamash, when Hamas is wiped off the face of this earth? What happens? We've lost our teacher? What happens when the, the barbaric act, Bezat Hashem are no more, and every single person hanging in the lobby upstairs is, down, is back home? What a feeling. The sign released on all those. And we, need, we, need, we can't stop until every one of them is home. My friends, what happens when they're all home? We've lost our rabbi. We've lost our teacher. Then we lower our expectations. If we are who we are, because we learn from the depravity of the world around us, then you know what happens. First of all, what happens when they get a little bit better? Inshallah. When we've done our job and taught them, then we have no one to learn from. You can't be who you are in reaction to somebody else. And especially not in reaction to wicked people. Because you know what? To be better than a rasha, what do you need to be? This big. I remember there was a story of a man who used to say, a uh, rabbi, he used to come to America every once in a while. He lived in his world of Gemara, of his books. He came to America, he landed, he turned around to uh, his Jewish uh, driver, his religious Jewish driver, and he says, tell me, who's the president of America? He tells him who's the president of America. He says, why? He says, look, I don't really bother myself with what's going on, who the president of America is. I'm living in Israel. I study Torah, I do my mitzvot. I stay to myself. I help my people. I do, I do what I think is right. Anything besides that, I don't really care about. He says, but whenever I come to America, I ask, who is the president of America? He says, why do you ask that? He says, because most people, when they wake up in the morning and they say, Baruch Hashem, thank you Hashem for making me a Jew. Shelo Asani Goy, who do they think of? They think of this drunk guy with needles around him on the street. Homeless guy, he's dirty, he's cursing everybody that walks by. And that's what they think of when they say, Shelo Asani Goy. He says, I want to know the most refined, the most powerful non-Jewish person in the world. And I want to have him in mind when I say, Shelo Asani Goy. Thank you, Hashem, for not making me the best. I'm glad to be who I am from my people. I feel privileged to be part of this nation. And I want to think of the best of theirs when I think of that. My friends, if you think of learning from a rasha, there's a very short runway. So what does Yaakov say to Lavan, to, to, to Esav? He tells him two things. I know you're relying on me not being Yaakov. And I know you're hoping that I've corrupted my way by living with a charlatan, with a liar, with a terrible person, because usually that's what happens. And by the way, 
If you think that that's not what's happening, you're blind and naive. If you think in our community that we have not been influenced by Western values, you're out of your mind. It is a constant battle. It's a battle that we have to fight, not only against the bad non-Jew who's killing, stealing, murdering, raping, but also against the very good non-Jew who has values other than our own. My friends, Lavan says to Esav, first of all, I want you to understand, I kept the mitzvot, I didn't get worse. But second of all, I want you to understand a second thing. Don't think that I became a person who's different than the one that I was. When I lived at home, who was my role model? Who did I use to learn from, to grow from? Yitzchak Avinu. So I looked at the highest point and I set my heights for there. You think now that I lived with Lavan, that you know what, maybe I sinned. I did not sin. I did not become a bad guy. But you're also thinking, maybe I didn't climb as high as I used to. And the prophecy was that when Yaakov falls, then Esav rises. Maybe Yaakov fell because he set his barometer of success at being better than Lavan. Yaakov Avinu says, Velo lamariti mi ma'asav haraim. Yaakov does not mean to say, I didn't learn to do bad things. He already told him that I did all the 613 mitzvot. What he's saying is, not only did I do the 613 mitzvot, but I did not judge where my 613 mitzvot should be. Mi ma'asav haraim from being better than his wicked ways. Like in the story that we just mentioned about getting up earlier because the guy next door is getting up earlier. My friends, I want to share with you one more point on this idea which makes it real. Baruch, please don't answer amen unless you're hearing this live. Baruch My friends, Ase lecha rav. The Mishnah tells us that every person needs to make for themselves a rabbi. Now the commentators say something very interesting. What happens if you had a great rabbi and that rabbi was such a genius, such amazing, your rabbi was Chamovadya Yosef. Who's going to be your rabbi today? Your rabbi was Cham Baruch. Who's going to be your rabbi today? Your rabbi was Cham Yaakov Kassin. Who's going to be your rabbi? Where are the rabbis now that we used to have? The Pasuk tells us, En lecha ela shofet asher biyamecha. The Pasuk says, when you have a problem, you will go to your judges in that day. Yes, Gemara, what am I going to do? A time machine? Go to the judges in another day? Obviously. No, what it means is, En lecha ela shofet asher biyamecha. You only have the judge of your day. You have a rabbi in your area you got to make that rabbi your rabbi. If he doesn't match the toenails of the rabbi from you when you grew up, tough, everything is diminishing. I'll tell you a secret. You're also not like the, the community leaders that we used to have then. Hazaku Baruch. Listen carefully, my friends, because I want to share with you the next step. The next step in the commentators in the Mishnah says, well, what if you're a rabbi in a community and you don't have a rabbi? There's no one who is as big a rabbi as you in the community. I know a lot of people who are not rabbis who think that. But you have people who feel, I'm the biggest, smartest, wisest, holiest guy in my community. Am I, who's going to be my rabbi? I taught everybody else everything they know. Says the halakha, 
says the Mishnah, say the commentaries on the spot, go look at it. Rishonim say this. You appoint for yourself a rabbi who is smaller than you. Because a Jew without a rabbi and a role model is not a Jew. I don't mean we're writing the guy off, we're losing his, I don't mean, I'm not saying that. A Jew is a person who's growing. That's why we're called B'nai Yisrael. Yisrael means to struggle. We're going to read about that in this week's parasha. He's struggling. He's rising. He's doing as much as he can, as he can, to be able to uh, further his career, to become holier, to become closer to God. How are you going to do that if you don't have someone who's pulling you up, who's challenging you? The one who's challenging you doesn't necessarily need to be bigger than you. If you're a father, you'll know that you've had children who have challenged you to be greater, a greater dad. It doesn't mean your kids are greater than you. But it means that there's something about them that demands a higher form of you. And that's what the Mishnah is saying. Yaakov says, Im lavan garti. I lived with him. I kept the mitzvot. But I did not use him as my barometer. So who did Yaakov learn from? He used in his mind, perhaps, Yitzchak Avinu. He went perhaps to Rachel and Leah and asked them what they needed. But his mentor was not Lavan. Even in the reverse. My friends, I don't know who that person is going to be for you, but it's got to be someone. It's even okay to have different mentors for different things. This is not like rabbi shopping. You want to work on your midot, you find someone who has impeccable midot. And you strive to learn from them. You watch them. There are people in our community who are not rabbis. But they are walking Musar books in how you speak to, interact with, and behave with human beings. Learn from a person like that how you treat someone, how you speak to somebody, how you never lose your temper. You understand where I'm going with this? That's what we have to learn from this story. But I want to end, I'll end with this. You know, Esav has two recommendations. One is, destroy the Jew. What's Esav's second recommendation? Does anyone, did anyone pay attention? Esav comes with this idea, I'm going to kill you. Now, he doesn't kill Yaakov. So what's his second suggestion? Oh, why don't you travel with me? Why don't you come to my place? I've got a great spot for you. I'll set you up. Amazing. Harseir. Fantastic. You don't know the views. Come with me. Walk with me. Travel with me. Esav's second request is this. Yaakov, before he even starts a conversation with Esav, he sends him two messages. Message number one. You can't beat me because I didn't fall from my level. You also can't ask me to come with you with the intention of influencing me. Because I already spent 14 years working for Rachel and Leah. Then another seven years working for my fortune. I spent all this time away at the house of Lavan and I didn't drop one iota. So don't think, don't think that inviting me to live with you or to walk with you is going to have that effect which will ultimately allow you to win over. My friends, we should take courage from Yaakov Avinu that it is possible to live with a Lavan and remain a Yaakov. The famous line from Henry Kissinger has to ring in our ears always. He tells Golda Meir famously, first, I am an American. 
Then, he says, I'm a politician with my responsibilities. And then I'm a Jew. He said that to Golda Meir when she asked him for help. And the famous answer from Golda Meir is, well, it's a good thing that we Jews read from right to left. <laughs> my friends, Henry Kissinger was a person who allowed his Jewish identity first to move from first place, pole position, to second. Then to be pushed by second from second position to third. But I think that there's a lot of people who Judaism is not only in third place. It gets pushed by sports. It gets pushed by business. It gets pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. What we learn from Yaakov is you could live in Lavan's house and not be affected. You could stay Yaakov Avinu in America with all, but it takes, it takes work. May Hashem bless us to put in that work to be able to remain the people that we are.